Welcome to the Around the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Brian Nichols, Associate Editor at The Libertarian Republic. And uh, today I'm joined with a special guest. Uh, you know him as the Super Mexican. We got him here. Super Mexican, how you doing? Hey, dude. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Um, you know, it's funny how we uh, were able to uh, connect here with social media nowadays. It makes these uh, kind of interactions that were never possible, you know, so easy and so, uh, I think, beneficial for us really going forward to collaborate and trying to you know, work with each other instead of you know, fighting back and forth. Oh, uh, well, that's the ideal, but of course we also see how many people just choose to fight. But, <laughs> but yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. So, um, so really quick, you know, just a, a really quick intro, and I kind of will let you, uh, you know, go further into detail. But for uh, for those of you listeners here, um, you know, who maybe aren't well versed in who uh, you are, um, you know, you're, you're well known. You've been on, you know, a lot of conservative uh, talking uh, head channels. You know, whether it's you know your pieces being brought up on Fox News. I know you, you've had some pieces for like the, the Blaze, Breitbart. I've heard you on Stephen Crowder's show there, louder with Crowder. Um, so, I mean, if you could really quick, just kind of give us an intro, what uh, led you into uh, your political uh, experience you have now and, and where you are in 2017 in terms of uh, how politics are going. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all kind of in uh, in weird places because of the turn that conservatism has taken in the last uh, two years. But I, yeah, I, um, you know, I got into politics because of talk radio for the most part i really enjoyed it and uh that led me into social media and social media kind of um you know, i started having fun with that investigating stories and looking into things and um that kind of took on a life of its own and now you know i'm kind of um uh, blogger and I uh, like you know writing up stuff and trying to influence people and try to change their minds and you know towards what I consider to be you know the, the proper kind of um, or or more effective way of legislation and the the you know the best way to order ourselves as a free people as I understand it and I you know I kind of consider myself a um, a classical liberal, which is, you know, right. I think when pe people know what that means, they, they're okay with it. When people don't know what it means, they freak out because they think you're <laughs> liberal, liberal. They freak out. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely not that. I'm, I'm, I, I, I am what people considered themselves conservative to be, you know, like five years ago, but right. now it's kind of, who knows what it means. So <laughs> especially like today in the age of, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is Trumpism. I mean, there are people who I looked at back, you know, in in the Tea Party Revolution. I, I looked at oh, them yeah. as, as icons, and I would say, you know, the, I would want my my political views to mirror those individuals. And now, right. watching from 2016 when when the entire primary started, and those those really well, I considered conservative firebrand individuals hopping on board the Trump train when you had great alternatives in the GOP primary, like a Rand Paul or a Ted Cruz or even a, a Marco Rubio. I mean, compared to what is the the Trump ideology? Um, and I know you right. you kind of had you, you you kind of had the flag that you planted as well, along with the likes of like you know Glenn Beck um, and others, saying you know hey I, I'm not on board with this this Trump train. So what what kind of led you to that that point where you you decide I'm not gonna to hop on board. I'm gonna stick to my principles. You know, um, it really was two things, I would say. Uh, for one, just the fact that I really did believe in the principles. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've 
I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird to have to defend, you what know, you believe. yourself. Follow, well, following. Yeah, it's weird to have to defend what you believe from people who say they believe the same thing. But that's kind of that's kind of where I was at. And then the other thing is, uh, it was just a. Uh, I just saw so many people have to lie to support him, and I've never seen people do that before on our side. You know, I've seen people kind of exaggerate a little or, you know, not present both sides exactly, but I just saw people go all in and really um, kind of show themselves to be dishonest. And it's one thing if you had a guy you know, an honest, decent person who was pushing populism. Mm -hmm. Even that I might reject, but him pushing it made it even easier to reject because it was an ideology that I didn't quite accept. But then it was also lots of people making excuses for very low character in very poor ways. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, so even when I tried to reach out to this burgeoning group in populism <laughs> it uh you know my m my intellect just recoiled in terror every time i had to try to defend what they were doing it was like guys like what are you, you know, doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> really and and even now it's it's surprising to me you know and and people say that i'm very um acidic and uh, and bitter about it but it's like you know it's like it's like uh, if you see somebody out on the street doing something bad to themselves you're like that's bad you shouldn't be doing that but when someone in your family does it you really get upset you Absolutely. know you're like you're like you're destroying yourself you get angry you you strike out at them like you know shake them and that's that's how i feel about people in conservatism doing this to themselves that it doesn't make sense to me and i see them um, kind of uh you know, um, un undermining themselves and undermining their own message, and it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to deal with. So, <laughs> for sure. But uh, but at least it's a you know it's a new thing every day. So <laughs> it, it really is, and I mean, like I I really can can empathize with what you just said there because I mean I have been a lifelong Republican. You know, I, I'm from a Republican household. I, you know, I grew up. You know, basically Ronald Reagan was the next best thing in sliced bread, and you just you grew up in the these set of principles. And when we got to the primaries, I'm looking at guys like, you know, I was a big Rand Paul supporter at the onset um, because, you know, I, I do have more libertarian views. And uh, Rand Paul on the, the debate sp stage of, what was that, 16 people? I mean, he was pretty much the only true, you know, small L libertarian there. Um, and then, you know, after Rand Paul dropped out after the Iowa caucus, I ended up and I, I voted for Ted Cruz um, because I looked at Ted Cruz as someone who... While I might not agree with them, you know, hundred percent of the time, I can agree yeah. with them eighty percent of the time, and I believe that he right. would stick to the Constitution because he is a, he's a pretty strict constitutionalist. Right. Um, right. So I mean, for you yourself, watching, you know, individuals out there without naming names, uh, you know, the, these big conservative talking uh, media heads out there that pretty much abandoned the likes of supporting someone like a Ted Cruz or a Rand Paul over Donald Trump. I mean, how hard was that for you, being a conservative? And, and using your principles to guide where you were going to cast your vote. How hard was that for you working with all those other individuals? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know if it was, uh, I know if it, if it was hard, it was just so intellectually shocking. I mean, it was just like, wow, what is going I, it was really <laughs> bewildering, you know, it was just like, it was, it was as if 
you know, I, I felt as if I had found uh, people who agreed with me and I was very comfortable with them. And then all of a sudden it was the carpet was pulled from underneath me and I'm, you know, I'm holding these principles that people are rejecting. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, guys, <laughs> And they were on your team. <laughs> yeah. So are, are, are you a Star Wars was, fan? Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. You, you know, in, in Star Wars 3, where all of a sudden all the clone troopers start turning on the Jedi. That's all I can think of. It's like <laughs> you're running out there with your lightsaber, and all of a sudden they all just stop behind you and start firing at your back. And that's and I, yeah. I can empathize. I mean, that exact same thing happened to me because all these people who were conservative people that I was like, oh, yeah, we can all agree that Donald Trump's not a conservative. And all of a sudden right. they're like, well, yeah, he is. What are you, what are you saying? And see that that was the thing is uh, is they made it very simple for me because they were dishonest about it. Right. Had they been honest about it, I might have considered it. But like a Mark at, Levin, exactly. Mark Levin was pretty good about this in that he's he really recoiled against it. He argued against it, and he said, "Well." This guy's our nominee, so we're just gonna have to swallow this and and move move ahead. And and he's been pretty honest about it. But man, I, I can't I can hardly name anyone else who's like that. Yeah. Everyone else just acts like this guy is the second coming of Reagan, and he is a perfect model of character for everyone. It's just <laughs> like what? Yeah. And I mean, like honestly, the only real I'll say the only real individual besides. Uh, you know, besides you and a, f a very few others would be like Glenn Beck. I mean, Glenn was pretty anti-Trump from the beginning. Um, you know, he he mm -hmm. tossed his hat behind Ted Cruz early yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and uh, I have to say, I've been uh, I've I've made fun of him in the past, and uh, and I've really come around because he uh, he seems kind of prophetic now that I look mm -hmm. back. You know, uh, much to to I'm gonna admit to my great shame now. Uh, I was I really liked Newt Gingrich back in 2012. Yeah, so did I. And um, and Glenn Beck was out there saying no, like this guy's nuts, like he's a progressive. He's just he's just hiding it. And mm -hmm. and you know, and looking back, I'm like, wow, he's, he was kind of right, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So so what what this has done is is completely humbled me about everything that I know and everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> I hold to the principles, but where you apply them and in what people you put your faith in it's like wow i i, I can't. yeah <laughs> see my twitter feed is pretty it's almost suicidal i'm not but my <laughs> twitter feed is because it's just every other day it's like wow there are no heroes i believe in nothing <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just out there for people who are looking to follow you you can go to at super mexican there on twitter right uh, yeah that's right with awesome. two o's not a u yeah two o's All right, so um you, you make a good point right there um talking about how you know really you find you almost find yourself alone i mean we we were some of the few individuals in the conservative movement who said this is wrong, and I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head like there's a you know the Dana Lauches, the uh, the Ben Shapiro's, even even right. Stephen Crowder. I mean he he didn't yeah. hop on board. He's saying he's going to be the nominee. He's not Hillary. Right. I'm going to hold my nose and cast my vote, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna hold him accountable. Um, right. So have you been able? Has that kind of helped you really identify? who the quote unquote good people are in the conservative movement who aren't looking for, you know, their own um, means of trying to better themselves and promote themselves. Oh yeah. I mean, look, that is, that is very clear. And, and one of the very odd um, kind of uh, criticisms that people make of people like me is that they, they say that, you know, we're doing it for the money, which is completely ridiculous and absurd because Indeed. 
I, I mean, like, look, I'll tell you very honestly that I have lost jobs and I have lost a lot of uh, opportunity to make a lot of money because I will not, you know, bow to the throne. And um, people act like I'm doing it for money. It's like, no, no. I'm, in fact, I'm hurting my I'm hurting myself for the for the sake of the things that I believe in. So. Um, so you see other people who who do that, and and other people, and I know this for a fact that that I can't say. Some of these, some of the people that I know that go on Fox News, they have lost opportunities, and they don't grouse about it. They just don't yep. mention it. It's it's not you know. Um, so it, it in so many respects, it's like. You know, I try to I try to uh, join the team because I want to be a team player, and then uh, I look around and I'm like, "Holy crap, I can't do this!" <laughs> yeah, because nobody here is trying to play the, play the same game. I mean, it, yeah. stupid analogy for me to make, but like it's like you have a, a team full of soccer players, football players, and basketball players. You know, they all trying to win a game, but they're doing it completely different ways for the wrong sport, almost. Exactly right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so, um, one thing I was actually uh, curious about. So. You know, after pretty much, you know, Ted Cruz and, and, you know, the son of a mailman, John Kasich, were the last two <laughs> really, you know, uh, beacons of hope, if you will, for the, the conservatives who were saying we cannot vote for Trump. Um, you know, after, after I forget, I think it was Pennsylvania um, when, when Ted dropped out and then uh, Kasich shortly thereafter. Um, you know, a lot of conservatives were you know, pretty much sitting there without a home. I know, uh, you know, Glenn... Uh, for for all the uh, the flack he got, Glenn Beck invited all three of the top libertarian candidates for president on his show and interviewed them one by one. So he had uh, Gary Johnson, who obviously became the nominee, John McAfee, God bless, and then uh, Austin Peterson. <laughs> uh, and Austin is is the uh, the owner of the Libertarian Republic, which uh, you know the around the the uh, Republic podcast that we're on right now is a part of. Um, so when you pretty much found yourself without a home. Um, did you look at you know the the Libertarian Party as an alternative to the lesser of two evils being Trump and, and Hillary? Um, you know, um, no, I'm I'm going to be honest, not really, and and the reason for it is again uh, another you know kind of. Um, a philosophical difference that I have with libertarianism, and I, I respect libertarianism. I think, uh, and I respect a lot of libertarians. I think we, we, you know, clearly we have a lot of things in common. Um, but I think what libertarians do is that they they overemphasize certain principles of conservatism, de-emphasize others, and I think they fall into error because of that. Now, that in and of itself doesn't keep me out of. The libertarian party because the people that you guys put up generally seem to have very good uh like for instance if Rand paul <laughs> had gotten had gotten anywhere near the nomination i would have been blissfully happy to support him oh, that man. guy is awesome he is he is fantastic and i uh uh i was i i felt really bad for him the way he was treated in the primaries because he really wasn't given the opportunity to shine and um some of it through his own fault but but a lot of yep. it was just uh that that primary was just weird i mean it was just it was brutal. bizarro <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh, but um so, so really you know the the distinction between i think classical conservatism and and libertarianism becomes one of like overemphasis overemphasis of freedom uh in in every respect on the part of um libertarians and i and i i understand why they they do this i think it's in a it's in a 
uh, it's in a cultural context that they see how our liberties are being eroded all the time, and they strike out, you know, w with a banner of freedom. But I think they underestimate the importance of the other principles of conservatism that have to do with established norms and um, principles that we have held that got us to this point. So I, I understand, you know, like I understand the 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 reason why they strike out uh, against um, certain things in society doing this, but I think they go too far. So mm -hmm. some, and I'm sure you've seen this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, some libertarians attack religion because they see it as a as an just another example of an authoritarian figure that erodes freedom, and and that that definition you know does fit in some respects but not in the American model, right, where right. you have freedom from religion. And so I, that kind of makes me uneasy. Um, I'm uneasy with the foreign policy that sometimes tends towards um, isolationism. And I know that, you know, <laughs> libertarians, <laughs> like their their hair gets, uh, you know, stands on end when they hear anybody make that that accusation. It, it's not isolationism, but it it's definitely more isolationist than than what you know what you would say a neocon or just a typical conservative would be right and then the third thing the third thing really is the war on drugs um i, I really like uh crowdhammer i don't agree with him always but but he had a really good answer to somebody who was <clears throat> kind of uh, objecting about uh, on the war on drugs and he said he said look we just have to fight it it's one of those things where you always have to fight and the, and that's all there is to it <laughs> now that's not going to convince people who are very much against it but i do i do get that sense that that the objection that we haven't won in 50 years or however long is not a good objection when you're simply fighting a moral failing in in um in the populace right because some things you're just always going to fail just like or i'm sorry always going to fail and always going to have to fight just like it happens in your own personal life like you know we we all have desires and we have moral failings and you don't say like oh screw it i'm i'm gonna you know like uh, uh i'm gonna uh, carouse around with uh prostitutes because i can't because i'm always fighting this desire like no you just always fight it right um so i think those three things are are why you know I'm reticent to wholeheartedly join with libertarians, but I definitely have an enormous respect for people who have. I, what I find is libertarians are generally like in, insanely intelligent. They know their own principles. They understand the Constitution, and and for those things, you know, you, you have to respect them. Absolutely. And, and I mean, one thing too, so, um, you know, I, I say I'm a libertarian and it's with a small L, um, but I, I do find myself, uh, almost identifying like you, like you, you do as, as a classical liberal, uh, almost like, a, I guess I'll say a classical libertarian, uh, because I, I don't hop on board with what we in our, our own libertarian circles identify as the ANCAPs where, it's essentially complete anarchy from a government level, and then you know, right, devo devo right. devotion to capitalism. Which I love capitalism, but the yeah. idea that capitalism can you know fight wars or capitalism—it <laughs> I mean, it, it just it's it's all great in theory, just as people say that communism is great in theory. Um, right. So right, yeah. I mean, and, and again, you know that that just that just uh, sorry to interrupt, but no, it, go ahead. It, it just as a as a conservative, like it just makes me marvel and love 
the miracle of the founding and the constitution that much more because mm-hmm. they figured all of this stuff out you know 240 years ago like oh, it's yeah. incredible that they were able to understand human nature so much that to say you know generally you want freedom everywhere but and capitalism is generally good for figuring these things out but not with war not with defense now they had a 10-year stint where they tried that actually but yeah. it didn't work <laughs> but, out too well right. but but the fact that they figured it out is is a miracle and, and incredible when you know um and it's a shame that that so few people understand the constitution that they can't even appreciate that part of it but and one yeah. thing i think that's really important that you just brought up is just you know, with the libertarian in libertarian circles, you do have individuals who they are absolutely brilliant. I mean, they know the Constitution, you know, yeah. front to back. They know all the, the the attached documents. They know all the the philosophical ways of thinking and all these these great thinkers, and they're able to, to quote them on a, on a T. Um, but then once you get outside those libertarian circles, it, it doesn't. I mean, it falls on deaf ears because. People don't want to hear philosophy. They want to hear practicality. They want to be pragmatic in terms of saying, you know, okay, that's great in in your philosophical you know, uh, think tank, but let's actually move outside and see how we can apply it in today's world. And I think looking at what we have as as you know the Libertarian Party, I mean, number one, we have a horrendous uh, public relations uh, issue. I mean, right. we I mean we had our, our VP coming out and, and going after soldiers back a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean that was just absolutely asinine. Uh, you know, we have God love him, but Gary Johnson going through and just doing some silly, outlandish things during the campaign. I mean, the Aleppo thing I can let pass, but then when he's sticking his tongue out and trying to talk with his tongue out, and just there's all these little <laughs> things that people just don't take the Libertarian Party seriously. Um, right. So I guess I, I I go to you now, Glenn Beck, for instance. He had Austin on twice. Because the first time through, out of going through Gary, John, and Austin, he thought that Austin would at least be the closest thing to a quote-unquote conservative that would come from the Libertarian Party than, uh, you know, a Gary or a John. And and with that, you know, Austin is more pro, he's a pro-life, um, which I know a lot of conservatives like Dana Lausch and Eric Erickson and Glenn, you know, really loved. Um right. And unfortunately, Austin didn't end up winning the nomination. But if, if Austin, let's say had Austin had won the nomination and it came down to Trump, Hillary or Austin Peterson, could you find yourself, you know, holding your breath and saying, OK, you know what? I agree with Austin more than I agree with with a Donald Trump. I'll cast my vote for someone like Austin Peterson over those truly two evils. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, um <clears throat> Again, I'm I'm not quite so extremist to say that they were both evils. Um, you know, I think Trump was just a is just a kind of incompetent right. and uh, <laughs> and uh, like a I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's just an impetuous child, you know. But Hillary, I think, is probably closer to evil yeah. because of her socialist tendencies. Um, but I don't go quite so far as to as to call, you know because then you're getting into kind of odd alt right territory where you you like <laughs> accuse them of being pedophiles and you know <laughs> like pizza gay oh, every, yeah. Yeah, everyone who disagrees with you is a pedophile. And then, and then Florida's obviously turning the frogs gay, and then they just, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a rough. Third, it's a new rough world game. order, yeah, it's all but, that stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, I see, yeah, no, definitely, and that was there. I mean, um, you know, that was uh, that was definitely part of it. I mean, I was looking around because, you know, you all felt kind of orphaned by the Republican oh, Party, yeah. and, and of course you look at the Libertarian. I mean, that's like the second thing you look at, I think, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I felt... Uh, you know, I definitely felt in the primaries and up until the 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 presidency that, that the Libertarian Party had had um, 
had was given a great chance to make a a, a great leap forward, mm-hmm. and uh, and it just wasn't able to do much with it. No, not at all. Uh, and it's a shame because this really was the year where um, where someone you know a group like the Libertarian Party could have could have done something with. But I, it was just so weird. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's just it's just beyond explanation. I, <laughs> so I can't really fault them. I'm just saying, you know, it, it appeared as if you had an opportunity here. Oh yeah, and that's one thing that I think a lot of libertarians we, we sometimes we get so stuck in our own our own echo chambers that they're like, well, you know, we, we now have ballot access for, I believe it's 48 states. Um, right. And, and, but they're, they're taking a loss and trying to promote it as a victory when I think one thing about the Libertarian Party is that they just need to start looking at losses as losses. And mm. until you actually ahead, get yeah. a victory, then you're not winning. And, and that's yeah, what it's, they, it's, it's nuts. This is just a this is just a cycle of uh, of history and philosophy that um, you have an upstart group against the established and you criticize them and criticize them but the closer you get to um, toppling them the more you become like them so you start making the same yep. excuses as they do you, know, you see it in religions you see yep. it in in, in everything uh, so so I yeah I mean I I have a real sympathy for the and, and you know what's funny is that is that that ex- is the exact same thing that happened to the, the libertarian party this election i mean gary johnson and bill weld both (laughs) two-term governors uh both in blue states but i mean they pretty much are the the crown jewel of what we could consider establishment in the libertarian movement um okay right yeah right so it was just i mean i know you know bill weld got so much flack there at the end especially with his um you know saying that he he can't stand Donald Trump to the point that, you know, he would actually, you know, lean towards Hillary and just trying to make excuses for <laughs> right. Hillary. And, you know, us libertarian folks were just sitting here like, you know, just bashing our head off the wall. Thinking, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So um, I guess one one really uh, one last question. So I know we're getting close to time here, but I was sure. just curious, you know, right now I'm looking at Republicans, uh, both conservatives, libertarians. And I think that when it comes to looking at our similarities, to use the the Ronald Reagan quote, you know, my my 80% ally is not my yeah. 20% enemy. So right. how can libertarians, small libertarians, conservatives, um, even some moderate Republicans, how can we go forward together, you know, trying to look at that 80% and you know work with that 80% to create a, a better, not only a better collaborative movement, but also to you know truly effective or have an effective means of governing that really has the principles that we believe in installed throughout that we all kind of get our eighty percent fill. Yeah, that's a you know that's it's a, a tough, one. tough one. <laughs> yeah, it's because there's basically two answers, and and one is to start eroding your principles in order to feed you know the the mass that you're trying to persuade that you're not that bad that you you know that you're like them and the other is to stick to your principles and and really come up with solutions that you think are, are going to um are are going to 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 solve our problems and 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 make the 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 country better but if you do that you know you you um 
you, you, you there's a chance that, that people are just going to keep rejecting what you say. I mean, so much of it really comes down to having the proper messenger, having someone who can talk about these things in a way that normal people can understand them. Because I think you, you understand this is that, you know, when I hang out with my friends who are classical liberals, uh, we all talk the same language. And, and libertarians have this problem is yep. you all talk the same language. But when you talk to regular people who don't, you know, who, who haven't studied uh, that much, who don't know it as well as you do, it's tough to, to reach out to. And, and I think that's what we need. I think that's what a lot of people were hoping Marco Rubio was was for and in, in the, you know, for uh, Republicans. And uh, and for libertarians, it's just, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, uh, I think I think a big part of it is the messenger. You have to find <laughs> the, you know, the proper messenger. And that's not something that you just have to try harder at. That's something that, happens you know <laughs> so so if we so. if we got a, or either Rand paul justin amash or thomas massey w would you be able to vote for a libertarian uh ticket oh absolutely all right yeah yeah i mean that's never that I, that is, that was never in doubt for me and i think there's a <laughs> lot of people like me uh that are that are in that position but we saw what was happening this year and it was just this is you know this is your perennial problem problem right mm -hmm. you have like 15 to 20 percent of the voting populace who were like me they're like yeah if you get close enough we'll vote for you yep. but we all have to vote for you in order for you to get close enough so that we all vote for you <laughs> so absolutely it's a, yep absolutely it's a catch-22 catch like you have libertarians have have way more support than they than they think they have but it's 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 that you're always seen as a minor party that will never get enough to actually make a difference it keeps mm. you from making a difference absolutely so and I know one thing too is that you know we we as a, a movement in the Libertarian Party you know, we or just you know Libertarian movement in general we have this terrible habit of eating our own. I mean, Justin Amash is pretty much the closest thing to a a pure Libertarian. I'm using that very loosely because I know the sure. ANCAPs are screaming right now at this. But <laughs> I mean, Austin or I'm sorry, uh, Justin Amash is a, a pragmatic Libertarian where he understands libertarian values but also acknowledges that in order to to get things accomplished that would push forward his beliefs his principles you got to play politics sometimes and he's right. been eaten alive right. yes um, so right. i think it's, it's those those loudest voices that we we see from the movements that come out they'll attack you know someone like a justin amash when i would say 85 90 percent of the actual movement are like what, what are you doing he's 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 on our side yeah yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think in today's climate, the, the angriest, loudest voices get heard over everyone else, and that's kind of the problem, yeah, the is that you know we're all listening to the loudest, angriest voices instead of the most rational, reasonable voices, which a lot of them are libertarian voices. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how it works out that way. Yeah, yeah there you go. All right, man. Well, hey, I really do appreciate um, you know you coming on and uh, and speaking with uh, speaking with me to try to help libertarians kind of get a better grasp as to what rational, logical conservatism actually sounds like. Where we can have a, a conversation instead of you know talking at each other, we can actually talk with each other and uh, you know, get a better grasp as to what we each believe. Um, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it, and I and uh, I very much appreciate the the platform that uh, that you're you're giving here, where we can discuss reasonably and not yelling and screaming at each other. Though people like that kind of stuff, so they, next they time do. I think we should yell and scream at each other. <laughs> Maybe next time. All yeah. right, super Mexican. <laughs> uh, where can they go ahead and find you for uh, all your latest content? 
yeah anywhere on you know twitter with super mexican or um, my website and uh, i have a pretty decent podcast where we get drunk and um and curse a lot so that's that's really fun um good so there you go all great thanks a lot man. yeah absolutely all right super mexican this is uh brian nichols signing off for around the republic podcast again i'm your host brian nichols until next time <laughs>